Well, good morning and happy Mother's Day on this May 10th of 2020. Mothers come in many different forms and today we celebrate them all. Mothering God, we draw on the image of you as one who nurtures, who gathers, who protects. Opening hymn this morning is from More Voices number one. Let us build a house.
and our call to worship for this morning. Father of us all, mother of each one, thank you for your love for us from the beginning of time. You formed us when we were in our mother's wombs. You knit us together lovingly. Your devotion to us has not failed. Your care has followed us our whole life long. All we are and all we have we owe to you. And so on this, the Lord's day, in this house devoted to your glory, we give honor to you with our hearts and hands and voices. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. And let us approach God in prayer. Let us pray. Holy God, creator of life, you call us out of our dark places, offering us the grace of new life. When we see nothing but hopelessness, you surprise us with the breath of your Spirit. Call us out of our complacency and routines. Set us free from our self-imposed bonds and fill us with your Spirit of life, compassion, and peace. In the name of Jesus, your Anointed One, we pray. Amen. Our next hymn is hymn number 331 from Voices United, The Church's One Foundation.
And let us pray a prayer of confession. Lent's days are winding down, merciful God, and we are no closer to having contrite hearts. Our small complaints still loom large, and we don't hurry to show mercy or rush to be kind. The old habits of Fat Tuesday are still alluring, and we resist the emptiness of the desert that reveals you, the places where you make yourself known to us, where you wait in the quiet for us to be ready, still feel alien. Yet, loving God, we come to you trying to lose our lives for the life you offer, seeking the wisdom of our brother Jesus, hoping to be blown open by the Spirit. Bring us fully into your Lenten gifts, we pray, and accept the Lenten gifts we offer to you. Amen. And hear these words of assurance. If God kept track of all of our mistakes, the harmful things we say and do, the callous way we sometimes treat the people around us, the selfishness that puts our needs ahead of the needs of others, if God kept track, what chance would we have? But with unfailing love, God offers us forgiveness, complete forgiveness that erases our sins completely and allows us to begin again. So be at peace. Your sins are forgiven. Praise be to God. And our scripture reading this morning from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 to 14. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, Show us the Father? Do you believe that I am the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. For the word of God in Scripture, for the word of God among us, for the word of God within us, thanks be to God. Many years ago, I was living in a small fishing village in New Brunswick called St. Martin's. It was a quaint village on the Bay of Fundy, population around 500. For a small village, we had everything we needed, a small grocery store, a post office, a couple of restaurants, a couple of antique stores, and an ice cream parlor on the beach. We also had an ambulance service, a doctor, dentist, veterinarian, and a fire department. The ambulance and fire departments were volunteer, and I spent a great deal of my spare time training in both areas. One May day in 1986, I was fighting a forest fire. 
I had started out with a water tank and spray gun on my back with specific instructions to try and keep the grass fire from getting into the woods. Everything was going well until I realized that I had somehow wandered into the woods, probably as a result of the heavy smoke and my inexperience with knowing the woods in the area. After all, I hadn't been raised playing in and around these woods, like many of the others I served with on the fire department. The smoke was blinding and the heat was beginning to increase quite rapidly. And I was beginning to realize that instead of attempting to put the grass fires out, I was now in the middle of a raging forest fire. It seems that without knowing it, the wind had changed and an area that was without fire was now fully engulfed. I was lost and I didn't have the foggiest idea which way to turn. The noise in my ears was incredible between the crackling of the burning forest and the presence of water bombers flying overhead. Suddenly, without any warning, I felt a hand on my shoulder and a friendly face peering at me through the face mask of a Scott air pack. It was my best friend, Brian. He obviously realized I was missing and came to find me. He knew the way in and out of this situation, and he arrived just in time. And together we shared the air and the Scott air pack until we were well out of the forest fire area. That day and to this day, I will never forget the sacrifice that my friend made to save my life. We all, I'm sure, respond with such relief and thankfulness when we realize the sacrifice that someone makes on our behalf. Jesus' disciples looked up to Jesus. He called each one of them into his ministry and they followed. And in the end, made an incredible sacrifice for his disciples and those who followed. For the better part of three years, they listened and learned from him. Over and over, Jesus tried to prepare the disciples for his impending suffering and death. They had a hard time understanding what he was talking about. They were confused and unaware of what would happen next. And Jesus sensed their uneasiness and sought to reassure them. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwelling places. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? He told them. Still, they needed to know that before there could be many dwelling places, there would be misery. To to use the modern cliche, there could be no gain without pain, no triumph without trial, no crown without a cross, his cross. Love always requires sacrifice, just like my lifelong friend Brian, who risked his own life to come and save me. I learned a valuable lesson that day. Being lost is terrible, but being found is wonderful. This morning's gospel reading wasn't only for the disciples' benefit. When Jesus speaks to the disciples, he's obviously speaking to us as well. And he quite clearly tells them that soon he will no longer be with them physically, but that he will never let them get lost. He would be with them every step of the way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and all they and we have to do is to follow. But it's Philip who asks Jesus, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. There is a hint of frustration in Jesus' voice as he answers Philip. Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still don't know me? It's almost like Jesus is saying, how many times do I have to tell you people the same thing before you believe? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. There's more to Jesus than simply knowing about him, where he was born, or how many sermons he preached. To really know Jesus means that he dwells in us, for his is the spirit of the living God. 
I remember my son Ian was about a year old. We were visiting with some friends, and his mother had just given him a bottle to drink from. When he became distracted, and he fell on his face with the bottle firmly planted in his mouth. Well, you, if you could have seen the blood... It was everywhere, an embarrassment for sure, but more importantly of great concern because of the presence of so much blood. As I later found out, lips tend to bleed most profusely when cut, more so than any other parts of the body. Well, I rushed him off to the hospital where a young intern looked at the problem and determined that he was definitely going to need a stitch or two. The doctor explained that he was going to put the stitches into Ian's lip without freezing it, as by the time he froze it, he would have felt the needle freezing his lip probably a couple more times than the actual stitches. The doctor then explained that I would have to sit on the gurney and hold Ian between my legs very tightly while he put the stitches into Ian's lip. Ian did very well, his father not so well. For Ian that day, having my arms wrapped around him, reassuring him that everything would be all right, was just about as good as having had freezing put into his lip. The doctor did his work, and Ian barely flinched. I'm sure, though, that if I hadn't been there, Ian's reaction and the outcome would probably have been very different. It was similarly experienced by the disciples. Just being around Jesus, listening to his teaching, feeling the warmth of his personality and his love for everyone he came in contact with made all the difference in the lives of those disciples. The time was fast approaching when Jesus wouldn't be with them physically anymore. Soon they would be splitting up and going to the far corners of their world proclaiming the gospel. But Jesus needed to assure the disciples, just as he does with us, that we are never alone. His hand will still be in ours. The memories of such an inspirational and loving man can never be erased. In the book Chicken Soup for the Teenage Soul lies a story written by Jennifer Love Hewitt. Last year around Halloween, I was invited to participate in a carnival for Tuesday's Child, an organization that helps children with the AIDS virus. I was asked to attend because I'm on a television show, but I went because I cared. I don't think that most of the kids recognized me as a celebrity. They just thought of me as a big kid who came to play with them for the day. I think I liked it better that way. At the carnival, they had all kinds of booths. I was drawn to one in particular because all of the children that had gathered there. At this booth, anyone who wanted to could paint a square. And later that square was going to be sewn together with the others to make a quilt. The quilt would be presented to a man who had dedicated much of his life to this organization and would soon be retiring. They gave everyone fabric paints in bright, beautiful colors and asked the kids to paint something that would make the quilt beautiful. As I looked around at all the squares, I saw pink hearts and blue skies, beautiful orange sunrises and green and purple flowers. The pictures were all bright, positive, and uplifting, all except one. The boy sitting next to me was painting a heart, but it was very dark, empty, and lifeless. It lacked the bright, vibrant colors that his fellow artist had used. At first, I thought maybe he took the only paint that was left, and it just happened to be dark. But when I asked him about it, he said his heart was that color because his own heart felt dark. I asked him why, and he told me that he was very sick. Not only was he very sick, but his mom was very sick also. He said that his sickness was not ever going to get better, and neither was his mom's. He looked straight into my eyes and said, There is nothing anyone can do that will help. 
I told him I was sorry that he was sick and I could certainly understand why he was so sad. I could even understand why he had made his heart a dark color. But I told him that it's, it isn't true that there is nothing anyone can do to help. Other people may not be able to make him or his mother better, but we can do things like give bear hugs, which is my experience, can really help when you're feeling sad. I told him that if he would like, I would be happy to give him one so he could see what I meant. He instantly crawled into my lap, and I thought my own heart would burst with love I felt for this sweet little boy. He sat there for a long time, and when he had had enough, he jumped down to finish his coloring. I asked him if he felt any better, and he said that he did, but that but he was still sick and nothing could change that. I told him I understood. I walked away feeling sad, but recommitted to his to this cause. I would do whatever I could do to help. As the day was coming to an end and I was getting ready to head home, I felt a tug on my jacket. I turned around and standing there with a smile on his face was the little boy. He said, my heart is changing colors. It's getting brighter. I think those bear hugs really did work. On my way home, I felt my own heart and realized it too had changed to a brighter color. The Spirit of God gives us life and the Spirit will never abandon us. As God pursues us and never relents in his search, so must we too pursue others, especially those whom God has given to us in special roles of responsibility. It is for most relatively easy to pursue those we like, those who do something for us, those who make us laugh and feel joyful. How hard it is to pursue those we find problematic or troublesome. God is not exclusive in his pursuit for us, for God pursues us without reservation. God never gives a litmus test to anyone. Rather, he relentlessly pursues our souls, and we must do the same if we truly are the hands, the feet, and the senses of God. I would be remiss if I didn't take a moment or two to make a compassion, to make a compassion, I'm sorry, <clears throat> to make a comparison to what I have just said about our need to be the hands, the feet, and the senses of God. Today is a very special day, Mother's Day. What would any of us have done without a mother, stepmother, adoptive mother, or a mother figure in our lives? As children, I would imagine that most of us would agree that our mothers and mother figures were there for us all the time. Thank goodness God gave the gift of nurturing to mothers. Mothers never seem to give up on their kids, even if we have made a mess of our lives. They're still in our corner pulling for us. I happen to be the firstborn in a family of just two boys, and I suppose I would have to admit that I grew up a bit of a mama's boy. I know growing up that there was one, well, two, that I never wanted to disappoint my mom and my lord. Some of you who grew up in the same era as I would probably agree that our mothers were always in our heads. My mom was in charge of discipline, my Christian education, and both of my parents were Christians all their lives. It was an, an advantage, too, having my mom home during those first eight to ten years of my life. I guess by then she figured I had understood what was expected of me. My mom also made sure that I had some life skills that, that most boys don't have the luxury of knowing. She taught me things like etiquette and manners, like how to set a proper table with all the little forks and spoons. I suppose just in case a fancy dinner ever broke out in the school cafeteria. My mother also taught me how to sew, iron, knit, cook, and she also taught me to stand up for myself and what was right. 
I lived in a secure home where I knew I was safe, accepted, loved, and special. I didn't get into all the nonsense that many high school kids got into and, and get into these days, and I credit the grace of God and my mother's persistence with that. I give thanks to God for my mother's voice that always seemed to be in my head. And whenever I was out with friends, I would hear my mother's voice in my head saying, Paul, that's not a good idea. Now, Paul, you're not stupid, so don't act stupid. And in the majority of times, I walked away from those temptations and peer pressures. Moms continue to be the voice in our children's heads no matter what their age because, moms, you are the voice in the head of the next generation. You may think you've said it all a thousand times and that you don't need to say it again, but I say to you, it 1,000, say it 1,000 times more. You may think that, you're, that they aren't listening, but I assure you they are. You may think that it's too late, but it's never too late for a child to feel loved, comforted, forgiven, and to receive the wisdom from someone being guided by God and someone who loves, loves them also unconditionally. So on this Mother's Day, I salute you for all you have done and continue to do. Thanks be to God. Amen. Let us join together in prayer. Mothers come in many different forms, and today we celebrate them all. Mothering God, we draw on the image of you as one who nurtures, who gathers, who protects. We pray for those women who have nurtured us as mothers and who are no longer with us and whom we miss dearly. We reflect upon those women who have influenced our own lives in so many ways, and we give thanks. We pray for the women around the world who are working long days and nights to raise their children right now. We pray for the mothers around the world. We pray for mothers who have fled violence in difficult situations, including refugees and who have been separated from their children or experienced the tragedy of the death of a child. We pray for mothers living in uncertainty and facing the unknown. We pray for all of the women who are expecting but aren't quite mothers yet. Thank God for the soon-to-be mothers. We pray for families where a mother's illness has led to an early death. We pray for those who step in to help with the care and nurture of the children, including extended family, and we especially are thankful for children in Africa who take on the role of mothers when they themselves are still only children. We pray for the women who took in others' children through adoption and foster care. We give thanks for these mothers with big hearts so big. We pray for those women who have lost a child to death and must carry on. We pray for strength and courage for the mothers who have faced grief and loss. We pray for women whose children have grown and whom they now seldom see. We pray for mothers who are at a distance from their children. We pray for all the women who have desperately wanted to have children of their own but chose instead to mother everyone else. We thank God for the mothers in spirit. We pray for women leaders in Aboriginal communities who seek to provide a protective environment for children and whose commitment is to work for a healthy place for children to live and to grow. We pray for those troubled by the prospect of motherhood perhaps too soon or too few resources to care for a child. Mother in God, we offer these prayers to you this day. Hear the prayers of our own hearts. And now we pray the prayer that 
Jesus taught us all to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is from Voices United, number 344, How Sweet the Name of Jesus Sounds. Jesus said, as a mother comforts her child, so I will comfort you. Go now in the comfort and peace of the one who gave birth to us. Go in the assurance that the comforter is with us always. Go to give comfort and peace to others. Divine wisdom guide us as we go forth on her paths of peace. Jesus said, may she give us blessings more precious than silver or gold. 
May we find joy in sharing these blessings with others. May wisdom empower us to change our world. Go today in the peace of Christ. Amen. And as we leave this morning, I have a, a special little song. I played one of his songs once before, a young Christian singer by the name of Josh Wilson, and this is called Dreaming Small. It's a mama singing songs about the Lord. It's a daddy spending family time the world says he cannot afford. These simple moments change the world. It's a pastor at a tiny little church. Forty years of loving on the broken and the hurt. These simple moments change the world. Do it all Just let Jesus use you where you are One day at a time Live well Loving God and others as yourself Find little ways where only you can help With His great love A tiny rock can make a giant fall Dream small special needs These simple moments change the world Of course there's nothing wrong with bigger dreams Just don't miss the minutes on your way to bigger things, no Cause these simple moments change the world So dream small Don't buy the lie You've gotta do it Dream small Keep loving, keep serving, keep listening, keep learning Keep praying, keep hoping, keep seeking, keep searching Goodbye for now, all. Have a great Mother's Day.